I think so many of us can identify with what Brother Jason was sharing just earlier. And that is um, no one ever knows quite what the battle is going on on the inside, unless you tell them. And I got to believe today that many of you that can identify with us, that in some way, form, or fashion, you're, you're battling. And I want you to hear me today. You're in the right place. You're in the right place today. Um, we're not happy that you're struggling, but we want you to understand that Refuge Church is a place where it's okay to not be okay. And, and I just, I kind of want to, I promise you that if you'll, if you'll tune in today, um, I, I certainly believe we'll leave you better than we found you. Let's bow our heads right now in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, open our eyes that we might see what you want us to see. Lord, open our ears that we might hear what you want us to hear, Lord, and open our, our hearts that we might receive what it is that you want us to receive today. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Now, wow, what a, what a week it's been in the city of Walterboro, South Carolina, which many people had never heard of before. And now many people uh, have. If you live anywhere near by or you live here, um, there's no way that you haven't heard about the, I think, the 28-day court trial and, and the recent sentencing, sentencing of um, Alex uh, Murdaugh, who was recently charged with uh, the murder of his wife and son. Now, before any of you get up and say, well, hey, I got to get out of here. Either I want to get into a debate to tell you which side I'm on. I promise that today's message is not just about Alex Murdaugh. Uh, it is about all of us today, all of us listening here today. Um, you know, I was really um, conflicted when it came to uh, preparing for today's message because on one hand, um, any time nowadays, and I'm sure many of you can identify with this, any of my birthdays nowadays, they, they cause me to reflect deeply. And so I was like, okay, God, do you want me to share something in respect to, to, to life being so short? And then on the other hand, um, I understand that most of you have watched more YouTube Live or Court TV than you've ever watched in your life, okay? You don't have to tell me that you did. Uh, you don't have to tell me whether you saw it live or whether you watched the reruns, but I'm willing to even admit that to some degree, for whatever reason, it was sort of like crack. You just had to go back. And, and, and I, even, I even found myself caught up in it. And I'm like, man, you know what? I, this, is all, this is all that's been happening. How am I supposed to preach anything that's not either about that or about my birthday? And, and, and God brought me back to what he was leading me to think I was supposed to preach the week before, and that is today's message on finding your way home. You see, God's word is very clear as we level the playing field in this room that we all fall short of God's glory. We're all sinners. Not, listen, none of us can throw a stone because many could be thrown back. Amen? We all can identify with being spiritually lost at one time. We all need to know how to find our way home because even if you're on track, life can easily take you off track. Today is, is in a moment, we'll, we'll look at Luke chapter 15 in just a portion, but prior to the passage that I'm going to read to you, the Bible tells us in, in the early part of Luke 15 that Jesus was constantly surrounded by well-known sinners. 
who liked to listen to, to Jesus teach and, and that Jesus would actually take the time to spend with them, even going into some of their homes. And the religious leaders of that day, they would complain about this because they're like, hey, these people don't deserve to be even near Jesus. So Jesus did his very best to, to teach these Pharisees, these teachers of the religious law, how people really were valued in his eyes. And he points out that in God's eyes, every soul matters. In God's eyes, every soul is love. And that no matter how far anybody, doesn't matter how far anybody has strayed or any, how far anybody will stray or wander away, God is willing to do anything possible to help them find their way home. That anything could, could be reflected no more than on that cross for you and for me. Listen, Jesus illustrates that the, the, the Father's love through, through one passage where it talks about um, uh, those who are lost as, as, as lost sheep or as someone searching for a lost coin. Today, let's look at the story, one of the most uh, pivotal stories we find in Scripture called the lost son or the prodigal son. Look with me at Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 31. It says this, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. He said, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to, to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this, this younger son packed up all of his belongings and he moved to a distant land and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About that time, his money ran out and a great famine swept over the land and and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that he was, he was wanting to eat even what the pigs were eating. It says in verse 17, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and, and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. 
But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all the time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. God has had me to share with you today five things that, that, that we see in this passage that can help all of us anytime we fall off track, or if we know someone who's fallen off track that doesn't know their way back to the Father. The first thing is this. We need to know that we all try to live independent of God. Each of us in here, we all try to live independent of God. The emphasis is on try. We really can't walk without him holding our hand. But we all want to create our own rules. We all at times want to try to live above the law. And, and, and think about it. From a very young age, we're saying, hey, no, I want to do this. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I want to do this. And honestly, I don't think we get much better as we get older. I think, if anything, society shows that the more and more we, we get led by our sin and, and our, our natural uh, sinful tendencies, we want to do things our way. You see, this one son thought that he just needed his father's money. See, by the way, I always say this, everybody wants God's blessings, but not everybody wants to seek God. Not everybody wants to listen to God, but everybody wants what God has for them. Oh, I want everything God has for me, and yet all the, the while we're running our own way. Listen, if, if, if you could just be free to do the things that you want to do, things would be worse than you ever think that could be. This son he thought that if he could just be free of his father, get all of this money from his inheritance, and I don't know how much it was, but it was probably a significant amount, life would be great. Isn't that what we all thought when we were teenagers and then we had to become adults, okay? And we're like, listen, I would like to go back to being a teenager. Look at verses 11 through 13, Luke 15. It says, to illustrate this point further, Jesus told this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, he said, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So the father divided things. He gave that part to the son. It says a few days later, this young son, he packed up all that he had, took all the money he was given, and he went and moved to a distant land. He tried to get as far away as he could from being told what he had to do and when he had to do it. And the Bible says that he wasted all his money in wild living. But the second thing I want you to see is this. Choosing our own way, it always has consequences. Choosing our own way always has consequences. And by the way, you know, um, uh, we don't get to, to disaster overnight. Oftentimes it is a step-by-step -step deal. The devil entices you. He, he tempts you. And he keeps taking you further than you ever planned to go. You know, I remember the first time I ever heard that, 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 that sin will, uh, take, uh, sin will t cost you more than you want to give up and it will take you further than you ever thought you could go. Listen, choosing your own way, it always has consequence, whether you run into the law or not. 
Listen, you don't, you don't have to have law enforcement knocking on your door to be completely outside of the lines that God would have for you. Listen, before you know it, you feel lost. You feel empty. You feel broken. You feel disappointed because you thought there was a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. You thought that if you chased the American dream that it wouldn't lead to an American nightmare. And, and, and trust me, whether it be a marriage or a family or a life or future, Anytime you're seeking to live your way and live distant from God, you're getting further and further and further away from hope. Scripture tells us in verses 14 through 16, it says, About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. You know, I've been hungry before, but not hungry enough to eat whatever the pigs were eating. This prodigal son, he had lost everything. And it wasn't something that, I want you to hear this part, it wasn't something that his father did to him. Okay, sometimes we want to blame God and we're the ones that ran away from God. Sometimes we want to, to, to say, God, how did you let this happen or that happen when we were seeking to march to the beat of our own drum? You know, God gives us free, free will, free opportunity to make our decisions. Listen, this was the result of this, this son's own independent and wayward decisions. And he found himself eating with pigs. But thirdly, you have to know that until we repent and surrender... We will wander hopelessly. Until we repent and surrender, we will wander hopelessly. I deal with broken, lost, confused, hopeless feeling people all the time, every single day. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like, man, you know what? I'm going to go under because I'm just like, man, who, who's not going through something difficult? And I rarely find anyone that is experiencing this emptiness and this brokenness that doesn't want things to get better. But few of them are willing to do what is necessary to get better, and that is to repent of their sins, to surrender and humble themselves before God and return to God. I often wonder what it's going to take for some folks to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Me, personally, it doesn't take a whole lot. God starts zapping me up, and I'm like, okay, God, you got my attention. Because I've learned over time, the greatest thing that I can ever do is to check my connection to my Heavenly Father. If that connection's bad, life is bad. If that connection's not, not strong, everything else seems overwhelming. Listen, Jesus tells us for things to change, we must come to our senses, we must repent of our sins, and we must turn back to God. The prodigal son who had once chose to leave his father, he did know his father loved him. Maybe you know that about God, but maybe you chose to, to walk away from God. And he finally realized, listen, you know what? Before I can expect change, I need to change. Before I can expect change, I need to change. Verses 17 through 19, it says, When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. 
please take me on as a hired servant. He would rather spend the rest of his life feeling like just nothing but a servant of his father than to go back to living life without him. Listen, that's the way I feel about the Lord. I'd, I'd rather follow the Lord any day on a bad day than, than to choose my own way, knowing what that leads to. You know, sometimes it takes us, it takes us hanging out, feeling like we're just kind of in slop up to our neck. It, it takes us getting to the end of ourselves. That's where this prodigal son was. He was at the end of himself. I, I, I had a lot of feelings and emotions, just as you did, about um, the recent trial. But, but no matter what, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I can't sit there and not care about the souls of every single person and say, you know what? They might not be able to change certain things, but God can still reach into them. They can still reach out to him, which brings me to this. Number four, you need to know that our heavenly father, he always has open arms. Our heavenly father always has open arms. Listen, you can't read the Bible and not, not feel and sense God's love. That no matter how far we stray from God, we can turn back to God. That no longer, no, no matter how many mistakes we've made as they add up, they do not um, determine the value that we are to God. God is always sitting there with open arms. You know what the devil loves to tell you is this, is that the more you've done, the less you deserve. The more you've done, the less you deserve. And, and the longer you've done what you've done, you can't return back to God. I'm so glad. I learned at a very early age that God's grace is sufficient. I learned at a very early age that, that no matter what my problems and no matter what my pain and no matter what my mistakes, his arms are open wide. Verses 20 through 24 says, So he returned home to his father, and, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son. He embraced him. He kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. If you were with us for baptisms last week, you know we, we talk about the fact that Scripture says that, that the angels in heaven, in fact, it's even there in Luke 15 prior to this these verses that I'm sharing with you where it says, listen, every time a sinner repents and turns to the Lord Jesus Christ, the angels in heaven throw a party. Listen, you can never go so far that the grace of God can't help you. You don't have anybody. Listen, some of you, we, by the way, I mean, I wanted to put this so bad on social media recently. We all have an Alex Murdoch in all of our families. Sometimes we are the Alex. We, we, we all have someone whose society has given up on and who maybe has even given up on themselves. But understand this, you may give up on you, others may give up on you, but God's never given up on you. The only thing he ever gave up was his son because he'd rather his son die for you than to live without you. 
Listen, you can never go so far that the grace of God can't help you. You can never go so far that the love of God doesn't care about you. You might not feel that, that loved. You might not feel deserving of anything, but that's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God loves you just the same as he does anybody else anywhere. But last but not least, we need to know, number five, God never approves our sin, but his love never changes. God never approves our sin. Don't ever, don't ever say, well, God's good with this if you know something's wrong in your life. He's not good with it. God's good, but he's not good with everything you do, and I do. But God never approves our sin, but his love never changes. God's love remains the same no matter what we do, no matter how far away we've, we've run. No matter where life finds us, God is, listen, the, the scripture gives us this vision. God is running to us. Some of you, God's done everything he can to run you down, spare your life, and bring you to the point that you're at right now. He's just waiting on you to continue to turn to him. Listen, we live in a world that loves to size up our sins, and, and, and we live in a world that believes that some are worthy of God's grace and some are not. And I'm going to say this to you as your pastor. Anybody who calls themselves a believer in Jesus Christ, who says someone like Alex or anybody else should rot and go to hell, so should we. But by the grace of God, go you and me. Listen, that's what makes the amazing grace so amazing. None of us deserved it. That's the only reason why we got it. God loves you, and God loves even that person that you feel like you should give up on more than anything. His love is still the same. Some of you right now, I want you to bring it to heart. You have a friend or you have a family member that you have given up on. You've got to understand God's not giving up on them. Listen, it, maybe, maybe in a relationship that you're having with someone, maybe there does need to be a healthy distance, and, and, and maybe you, you're even just left to have to resort to prayer because of, of certain dynamics with a relationship. But I want you to understand, listen, aren't you so glad that someone still cared about you even when you didn't care? This son who was once lost had now come home. And he had experienced quite a, a homecoming. In fact, his older brother became angry. Not because his son had come home, but because of the response of his father. He's like, listen, don't you understand? I'm better. I'm better than him. I do everything right. He does everything wrong. I've done all that you've asked me to do. He's been disobeying you all his life. And he's like, listen, son, this is something to celebrate. Let's look at what happens here in verses 25 through 32. It says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. And they said, Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. I bet you that father had been praying and praying and praying. Hey, I, I wonder how my son's doing. Verse 28 says the older brother was angry and, and wouldn't go in. And, and his father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you. I've never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And, and in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrated by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son. 
You have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your, your brother was dead, and he has now come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Listen, I want you to hear me today. God is calling some of you back home. Some of you, are, are, God is calling you, you know the Lord, but you need to get back to the Lord. And then there's some of you here, you, you, you just, you don't know the Lord. You've just been running from the Lord all your life. And I want you to understand God loves you just where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. Listen, God is calling all sinners to come home. God is calling all of us to repent and surrender. And God is calling each of us to run into his open arms. As you bow your heads with me, I'm telling you now that you and I are the prodigal. You and I are the one that Jesus was talking about. We so often go our own way. But no matter how far away we are, through repentance and surrender, we can be as close as anyone can be to him today. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I pray that, that, that you have spoken through your word. I pray that you have connected those in here, Lord, through your spirit and through your truth. Lord, whatever it is that each person was supposed to hear today, Lord, may they know that you love them. Lord, may they believe that your son Jesus died for them so that they could experience forgiveness of sin, a new life, and the promise of eternal life. God, I pray if there's anyone here today that has not yet said, God, I admit my sin. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection for my sins and the promise of eternal life. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I pray that that person that's not yet done that would choose to do that today. God, I pray for that person who just who just feels a million miles away from you right now. Lord, may they understand that you're right there. And you're right here, Lord, with your arms open wide, asking them to just come on home. God, I pray that you would lead and guide in this time of response to your invitation. In Jesus' name we do pray.